Oh, there we go. Okay, perfect. Okay, guys, let's go. Okay, we are holding, we are holding Paragimel. We're holding Paragimel. So we described already the idea of Das, right? Das is something that is able, able to be internalized, right? Something that's normally internalized, that you push it, get it, makes sense to you. That's where it goes. And then you have the idea of Amuna. Amuna is something that we could read about, but it seems a little bit beyond us. Right? It's something that I can't necessarily see with my eyes for sure, but even with my mind's eye, it's also not able to be like really uh, seen. So these are the two differences of Das and Amuna. So now, let's see how we, where we go from here. Paragimu. Vihinik Siv. It says in Tehillim, Shochin Eretz Vera'a Emuna, which literally means dwell on the earth and Ra'e. Now Ra'e is an interesting word because it comes from the same word as it is like a Ra'e Tsain, like a shepherd, right? Or someone who is right, feeding, feeding, feeding like animals or feeding something, right? That's the idea here. So Ra'e Emuna means so we should live, so to speak, on the earth or dwell on the land and feed the emuna. Perush, mefarnish. It means lefarnis. What does it mean, mefarnis? Mefarnis means to feed it. Shetzarech lefarnis, lahamshich, mazon, lahagdil es emuna. What's the objective? The objective is to draw down mazon. What's mazon? Some sort of food. Lahagdil es emuna. What does it mean, lahagdil es emuna? To make bigger, so to speak, our emuna. Right? Until it becomes fixed in the heart of man. Okay, so what is he saying here? What's, what's the issue here? What's, what, what strikes you as being weird? <laughs> yeah, almost like in the level of Das. In other words, we just got through spending two paragraphs explaining how emuna is not Das. Emuna is not something that I can, so to speak, uh, uh, look at, see, experience, feel. All the words that we've been using for Das and what Das is all about, Emuna is not. All of a sudden now, we start off the third paragraph and we say, wait a minute, hold the works. There is a concept called feeding the Emuna in order that the Emuna should become like Das. What's another word for that? Become internalized, right? Everyone's ever, always heard the word, right? The phrase, right? Ma'aminim b'nei ma'aminim, right? That the Yidin are believers, the sons of believers, right? But what does that mean? If I'm already a believer, so what do I need it for? Anyone ever come across this sugya in Chassidus before? This is, this is right away at the beginning of the third parak of, uh, of Atat Sabe, right? The Rebbe's Mimer. Ever, no one's ever come across this? course. This idea of how could, how could we, if we're already believers, so what is it talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Really, you came across this topic before? No. Nasan. Nasan. What's the Nasan? So he says like this, the idea is like as follows. Everyone is a believer, the son of a believer, right? Every Jew is like that. 
But the famous Vart from the Gemara is, what does a thief do before he comes into the house? Right? Right? Daven Soshem, that he should be able to be successful. So it strikes you right in the forehead and says, what in the world is going on here? If you are davening to Hashem, you believe in Hashem, and Hashem is going to be the one that's going to help you to steal from this house, and you're trusting Him, so why are you doing the opposite of what He wants? And if you're a thief, right, because you believe that that's a good way of making a parnasa, right, amongst the list of parnasas, that's, you know, one of the ones that he, this guy came across, right, in his, maybe from his guidance counselor in high school or something, right, and what happened? <laughs> then what are you davening to Hashem for? Right? But that concept, as he brings it in the Gemara, is not a concept just for the thief. It's a concept for me and for you. We're constantly like this. We're constantly living this life. On the one hand, for sure we believe in Hashem. But on the other hand, it's not necessarily internalized in our actions and the way we live our lives. That's the difference. So, we call that that Amuna is in a state of blank. What's the blank? Not right, so what's that called? We learned about it yesterday. Seviv or Makif. Makif, right? It's in a state of Makif. It's, it's there, but it's hidden in, in me, right? It's not that I don't believe in Hashem. Of course I believe in Hashem. It's just that uh, between my belief in Hashem and the way I'm conducting my life, there's a stickle uh, gap. Let's put it like that. So what are we talking about? What's the goal here? The goal here is to make it go bepnimius. Now, what was our definition of pnimius yesterday? Opposite of makif. So what is it? It's like, would be like the concept of male. What? What are the, some ideas of Mali? What do you say? Uh, gilui. gilui. That's the main point. Gilui. Gilui means, right, I'm living with this idea. It's revealed to me. It's something that I'm living with every single second of my day. The opposite of the thief, right, would be Gilui. Right? Not only do I believe in Hashem, but I conduct my life the way Hashem wants me to conduct my life because I believe in Hashem. The thief is, 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 is me in contradiction stage, right? It's me in where my, I'm not getting all the parts together in the right way, right? I believe in Hashem, and therefore I have to ask Him to help me. What am I asking Him to help me do? To Mechal Shabbos, to break the law, to do... Uh, there, there's, there's, there's something wrong with that situation, something wrong with that picture, right? There's a gap between my belief and my conduct. Right? What the objective, however, is, is to get them aligned. To get it to the point that my belief is still there, but it's so impressive within me that it's now impacting my conduct. That now I'm never going to be Machal Shabbos. I'm never going to eat not kosher. I'm never going to steal from someone because I believe that the Abishter is running the show. The thief also believes the Abishter is running the show. That's why I davened him. It's just that there's a major gap between his belief and his conduct. Are you following what I'm saying? So this is the idea of what it's talking about here in this Pasuk in Tehillim. The objective is to get to the point that emuna is not a makif thing. It's a pnimistika thing. 
Kapish? Let's go further. Right? Let's he said, let's say that again. Perish mefarnis. What does it mean, Rai Mefarnis? You should Sarak Lefarnis Laham Sheikh. Look at the word. What is he why does he use the word Laham Sheikh? What's the word Laham Sheikh mean? To draw down. In other words, it's now in a state of Makif. It's up there. It's in the clouds. I have it. But I don't have it. I sort of get the Toysvos. I know it's talking about uh, stealing or Baba Matia, right? So what is it talking about? Grabbing onto each other or grabbing onto something, whatever. I, I, I get it, but uh, no. I need to know exactly what it's talking about. I want to lahamshich it. I want to draw it down into me. Right? Lahamshich mozon lahagdil samuna. Until it becomes fixed in the heart of a man. In a way, just like Das is, in a way of feeling, to the point that it's as though he's seeing it the way it is. Like it's going to be in the future. Like it's written. What does that mean? Perish ha'aretz. He ha'emunah. Shinikra b'shem Aretz. Aretz is the level of Amunah, which is called the name Aretz. Shehi madrega ha-tachtayna she'en ba-gilui ela emuna bilvad. Now, what is it? Why is Aretz or Aretz connected to Amuna? Is Amuna a high-level thing or low-level thing? High-level thing, but because then when you're in the high levels, there's no Amuna. The reason why you see godliness as what it is. When you're the low levels, the only thing you have to connect yourself to godliness is they believe in the godliness. Right, very good. Right, we learned in in Sheshis Yamim. Right, I asked you guys all to learn that Mayim before Pesach. Right, that the only thing that the Yidden had was Emuna. Right, that's why they had to have the matzah, and the matzah woke up the Emuna. Right, because they're on such a low level. The Emuna was on on the base level. All I have, I don't understand anything about God, but I believe in God. Right. So the objective here is Male Haaretz Deya, that the Aretz, namely the Amuna, should be filled like in a level of Deya. That's the objective. That the Amuna really, even though it's expressing itself on a very low level, it's really coming from the highest level. Right? It's coming from the Abishur himself. Right? That is the highest level. That's it. But the way it's manifest is in a low level because I could have Amuna and still be the thief. Because there's a disconnect that's going on. Because on the one hand, it's such a high level. On the other hand, it's such a low level. And that's what he says right here. Like it says, it wedges in the beginning into the end. Because the gilu of the, of the beginning is only in the end. And so the objective is that this level of emuna will become maledeya hakara That now it's not going to be just some luft type of idea that's flying somewhere north of the uh, you know north of the equator somewhere. No, it's going to be a hakara. What's hakara? Recognition. I'm going to be able to see it, recognize it. I'm going to be able to feel it. So I'm seeing it with my own two fleshly eyes. That I'm seeing the Abishter. That's what's going to be in the future. That's what's going to be times of Mashiach. It's going to be in such a way that I'm mamish living with the Abishter. So what do you want from me now? 
So the point is, what the Rebbe is going to say here is that this is something that's true. In the ultimate way, that's the way it's going to be in the future. We're going to live with the Ibishter as though we're going to see him like the apples on the tree, like the grass on the ground. Everything is going to, we're only going to see that it's all Hashem. Nowadays, what do we see? We see the apples on the tree, the apples on the tree, the grass on the ground, the grass on the ground. We don't see the Ibishter. However, having said that, there is a manner in which we can develop this imuna. That it shouldn't just be in a way that it is like the thief. That it's just makiv. There is a way to internalize it. <laughs> what? Well, we're going to see. We're going to see. Right? But that is, that is the objective. Right? The objective is to grow this imuna within ourselves to the point that it's going to become so real by us, the way Hashem is running everything, that it's going to totally impact the conduct that I have in my life. Right? That's, that's the objective. So let's go further. Right? Like it says, it's talking about the future, that it'll become revealed, the glory of Hashem. Right? Now all the, all the flesh, everyone will see it. This hamshacha that we're trying for. Leos hagdalas ha'emunah. Who are they? Torah of mitzvahs. Hamshacha, to draw down. Right? Of my marim? A continuation of my marim, like a, a bunch of my marim put together to make up one big story. So what we're saying here, what we're saying here is that this is actually a spiritual thing. That our souls are, so to speak, connected to Hashem. And this is what we want to have happen. But in order to have this happen, we need to, so to speak, feed our souls with the right food. By feeding our souls with the right food, it changes the way we are. Similar to the idea, similar to the idea of in Mitzrayim, they needed to eat the matzah before chatzais, right? In order to what? To be able to get to a level that they would see Hashem after chatzais, right? That's the that's what the Maimer is talking about in Sheshes Yomim, right? This concept of of somehow we have to feed our souls that our souls now are able to grow, and by our souls growing, what happens is that that impacts us. It impacts the way I look at the world. Right? It's not something that I could just read about. It's something that I have to experience. So that's what he goes on to say. That's what it says, that we make Adam, right? That means us. In our image, in our in our likeness, right? Remach mitzvahs heim, remach sevarim de malka. Like it says, the two hundred forty-eight mitzvahs correspond to the two hundred forty-eight limbs of the king. Bechinas Adam, Adam elyon, and Adam is coming from the word daime. Daime means to be similar to, similar to Hashem. Sheim remach hamshachas bechinas sevuklamim. Now, why does this work? The reason why it works is that every mitzvah is coming from the Pnimius HaRatzon of Hashem. Since it's coming from the Pnimius HaRatzon of Hashem, so we just described this in yesterday's class, that means that that is coming from, not from the level of Memali Kalamim, but the level of Saiviv Kalamim. That level of Saiviv Kalamim, just like every limb in my human body has a certain energy that's coming into it from my soul and enclosing it, right? So every mitzvah also has an energy that goes into it. 
And that mitzvah is, is, is enclosing within it the save of Kalamim of Hashem. So when I am doing the mitzvah, what's happening is that that is then going into me in order to enlighten, so to speak, right? Enlighten me as a person and all of a sudden, it's causing me to have a completely different energy. It's sort of like, let's, let's just imagine for, except for a second, a person that goes and eats uh, really bad quality junk food. Right? In other words, he goes out and he eats a bunch of potato chips and, and, and popcorn and, and, and candy and, and, and Coca-Cola and all different types of garbage right? that he can get he's automatically going to feel very unhealthy. He's going to feel very sick. He's going to feel, oh, I feel gross. I feel, yeah. On the other hand, let's say a person instead fills, him up with, fills himself up with salads and you know, very fine food and good food and healthy food for him. So he feels a lot lighter. He feels a lot better. He feels a lot more, uh, you know, just feels like he's in a different way, right? It's not something that he's making a conscientious decision. I think I'm going to feel good now or I think I'm going to feel bad now. It's just what it is. It's just it's just a Matthias Adalver. It's just this is this is these are the facts. When you use the proper gasoline, it causes the car to go better than if you use the worst gasoline. It, it, that's it. Similarly here, when I'm involved in the world in shtusim, and I'm spending my whole day involved in shtusim and nonsense and, and, and doing the wrong things, so that's what fills up my being. So automatically, what's going to happen is that that's what's going to be consuming me. Masha Enkin, the other way around, if I'm filling myself up all day long with Torah mitzvahs, so that becomes my fuel. If that becomes my fuel, what gets to be on fire? My soul becomes on fire. My soul's on fire, that's going to influence me to see the world from a different perspective. Which is an interesting thing to note. Like, for example, let's just... Uh, this is, uh, I guess, this is a little bit my own theory. I didn't see it anywhere, but it, it's a very interesting concept. If you look at, uh, I don't know if it's so popular anymore, but back in my day, uh, it used to be very popular, uh, the um, Discovery Program in Asia Torah. Anyone ever heard of that before? Right? It's like this whole proof, like how uh, the Torah is correct, right? By proving it through the different Torah codes and this, and like this, this point and that point, this factor and that fact, and, and the fact that the Torah says, you know, if a, if a fish has skin, uh, scales and fins, and doesn't say if it only has scales, because there is no fish with only scales, but, ha- but there is a fish with only fins, uh, all different types of proofs that only the Creator could have possibly known such a thing. Okay, whatever. And this is how they would go around and, and it would be like different types of logical arguments of this makes sense, right? Because uh, the Torah says this and this says this and therefore if the Torah says all these different things, so therefore you should live a Torah life. That's basically the concept. Which is seemingly a, a very good way of uh, makarving people, right? You tell them, you, they're bright people, right? They all are, you know, smart guys, smart girls, you know, they, you tell them all these facts and, and, and it blows them away. And, and because the, all these facts blows them away, it must be true. If it's true, so then it must be that, 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 that I'm going to now become a from person. Yeah? But it's not affecting your soul, though. It's affecting your mind. Okay, so that's, that's where we're going. On the other hand, if you look at the way the Rebbe set up the outreach of Chabad, right, through the Chabad houses, right, what happens when a guy walks into the Chabad house? 
Does he get a whole lecture in, in, in Chumash or in Taira or in Gemara or in, in, in proofs in this way? That What's the first thing that uh, Shliach asks him? How are you? Besides for how are you? Okay. Second thing he asks him? Are you Jewish? Are you Jewish? Okay. Third thing he asks him? Are you hungry? Right? Are you hungry? What, what is he, what's the third thing he asks? Put on tefillin. Do you want to put on tefillin? Like, what in the world? If you think about it, that's like a crazy idea. A guy doesn't know anything about Yiddishkeit. And what are you telling him? What are you asking him to do? Put on these black boxes that he's never even seen before, probably. <coughs> these leather boxes, leather straps. Go and put this on. Why don't you put this on? Like, oh, I don't even know what it's all about. I've never seen this before. I've never heard about this before. Like, what, like, uh, what are you talking about? Talk to me about what is Judaism. I know I'm Jewish, but I, you know, besides for chicken soup and matzo balls, like what, what, is it, what else is involved? Right? Tell me about God. Does God exist? Does God not? Right? This is, this is what you would expect, right? You have, a, you have a Chabad house open in a college campus. This guy wants to know about God. Tell me about God. He says, oh, I'll tell you all about God, but how about putting on tefillin first? So now we understand a little bit more clearly, according to Hasidus, what's really going on here. The idea is ignite this person's soul. You can't, you can't prove to someone necessarily. You could prove it to them. But if you prove it to them, it's only on the level of the brain. It's not him. It's not his real etzim that's being turned on. What's being turned on is that through these logical proofs, it makes sense. Okay, yeah, you're right. It makes sense. It's amazing. The Torah codes and, you know, uh, you know, it says this in it and says that in it and, and it proves this point and that point. And, uh, it must be, yeah, okay, good. But you see that it doesn't really impact so much. That Tens of thousands of people went through the discovery program, at least in my day, right? Tens of thousands of people. What happened? If it's so true, why are there more people that became... Because there's something missing here. What's missing here is ignition of the soul. Interesting story. Velvel Green, Allah Shalom, the famous professor uh, who was working for NASA. You know him? From Minnesota. Very famous. There's lots of stories about him from Rabbi Feller in Minnesota, how he was Makarov and how he went to visit him. Right? The famous story, presumably, you heard about. He was trying to get a meeting with him for such a long time, finally, has a meeting with him. And then he comes into the meeting and he says, oh, excuse me, I have to go, I have to daven. So he stands up to daven mincha. And Professor Green is like freaking out. You know, here he gave him like, <laughs> finally gave him an appointment. And he's wasting his time by like all of a sudden daven. He realizes shkia, you know, whatever. Okay. Anyway, what happens is that slowly but surely Belville Green and his family becomes from. Belville Green writes a huge letter to the Rebbe about all of these contradictions that he sees between science and Tyra. Now, he was a real scientist. I mean, he worked for NASA. He was, he was the real deal. He knew what was going on, right? It's not like my you know, biology 101 type of science. I mean, he was one of the big, big people in science in the 1960s, 1970s in America, okay? So he writes this long letter to the Rebbe, all these contradictions that he sees. He's waiting for an answer back. No answer. One week, two weeks, one month, two months, three months, six months. No answer back. During this period of time, becomes more and more and more involved until he becomes completely Shomer Shabbos, Shomer Mitzvahs, everything, the whole deal. 
And subsequently, he has Yechidus with the Rebbe, back, fine, fine. Two years later, after he's completely from, and he's in Yechidus, the Rebbe all of a sudden pulls out of his desk the letter that Belville Green wrote to him two years earlier about all these contradictions. And he proceeds to go through each contradiction and show why it's not a contradiction. According to science, according to Torah. Bill Green's like, I don't care anymore. Now it's not an issue for me. It was an issue for me two years ago. But now it's not an issue to me. And he's thinking to himself, why is the Rebbe answering me now? Now, like those things, it just doesn't matter anymore. And he realized... He explains it. I mean, I heard him for Brang before. He, and it's very interesting the way he speaks, or he was, did speak, all of a shalom, right? And he's explaining that, that really what happened here was the Rebbe knew that he could answer all those questions, but he wouldn't impact him in the way he wanted to impact him. And in Belleville Green, during this whole period of time, was thinking, okay, he's a rabbi, you know, he's a rabbi. You know, what, do, what, do I, what did I really, what was I expecting? Was I really expecting that he would be able to have the answer to all these hard scientific questions? Okay, whatever. That, that's how he explained it to himself. But after he already became from, after he was already hook, line, and sinker into the whole business of Yiddishkeit, into Hasidishkeit, into Lubavitch, into the whole nine yards, right? So now, when it's not that important to him, now I can answer the questions. Because he didn't want... Velvet Green to become from because he answered a bunch of proofs of why there is no contradiction between science and Torah. You see the concept? This is the same idea as here. So the objective here is somehow we have to ignite the nishama in such a way that it internalizes the emuna, that it becomes not a part of my life, but it becomes a way of conducting my life. And the only way to do that is through Torah mitzvahs. That is the food that we are doing, that we are using. So a lot of times a person will tell me, it's very hard for me to sit down and learn Gemara, or it's very hard for me to learn Hasidus, or it's very hard for me to daven, or whatever. A lot of these things, why is it hard? Because your soul is not activated. I'm getting myself involved in all different types of things that I shouldn't be involved in. And therefore, my nefesh of Bahamis is getting in the way. Because my nefesh of Bahamis is getting in the way, I'm no longer sensitive to the things I should be sensitive towards. And because I'm no longer sensitive to the things I should... So therefore, it's hard for me. So I could try to convince someone to sit down and learn Gemara and you know get into the Taisus or sit down and learn Hasidus and get into the Mimer... I could speak from now until next Tuesday. It's not really going to do anything. Because really what we're talking about here is that there's a level of sensitivity that takes place within an individual that the more sensitive he becomes, the more he has a desire to sit up and learn. He has a desire to dive into the Abishter. And the less sensitive he is, the more, of it's a, the more that it's a struggle for him. And you see it. People all of a sudden become a lot. Ah, I love, I love the Gemara. I want to learn more. I want to. Uh, what do you mean? Like, like um, two months ago, you couldn't even sit still in class. Because what's happened is that he has refined himself, and in refining himself, all of a sudden his neshama is shining. 
when his neshama shines, so the neshama is the one that is dictating what's going on in his life. When the neshama is dictating what's going on in his life, he wants to daven, he wants to learn, he wants to, he wants to do all these things. So if you find within yourselves, I'm having a real tough time davening. I'm having a real tough time learning Gemara. I'm having a real tough time learning Hasidus. The answer to the question of why is right here. It's because my Nefesh of Bahamias is too strong. Which means I'm feeding my Nefesh of Bahamias. What is he saying here? If you could feed your Amuna, what else could you feed? You're not Amuna. Exactly. So when I'm sitting and watching videos, movies, right? I'm watching the Super Bowl. I'm watching uh, all different types of, uh, uh, I'm watching the news every day, you know, CNN or whatever it is. If I'm listening to Goyesha music, if I'm eating non-kosher, if I'm not careful with my Chalab Yisrael, if I'm not, these are all things that are feeding the opposite side. But it's not technically What's not technically usher? Okay, that's a whole different question. I don't want to get into it right now, whether it's technically usher or not. But it's a fact that it's impacting a person's life. Just like the Amuna is impacting a person's life. It's all a matter of feeding. In other words, what we're doing, what I'm trying to teach you right now is instead of being in, like in the, in the foxhole, right? go up to the general's position and look at it from a bird's eye point of view and recognize in myself what is pushing me. Am I feeding, either I'm a feeding my emuna, which is directing me in a certain way, or I'm feeding the opposite of my emuna, which is directing me in a different way. And this, you have to look at yourself and look at the symptoms. Look at the symptoms of my life. If I look at the symptoms of my life, I'll be able to determine what I'm feeding this engine. That's basically what the Alter Rebbe is saying here. Now, the Rebbe is saying here, it's our job to sensitize our souls. And when I sensitize my soul, when I refine myself, I sensitize my soul, so automatically I'm going to be driven in a certain way. And if I'm not doing that, then I'm by definition doing the opposite. Right, this is a famous, this is a famous sicha uh, uh, that the Rebbe explains. There, the famous idea that uh, I know we're out of time, but I'll just bring this one point up and then we'll stop for today. Of why chapter six of Tanya starts off with, and I've said this to you guys before, uh, the idea of klipa. Right, and it doesn't mention klipas noga until the end, and then it really goes into klipas noga in chapter seven. Right, and the the Rebbe explains that really what's going on here is this idea of how we have to look at the world. In other words, the way the world looks at the world is different than the way we as Hasidim look at the world. The way the world looks at the world, like the Friedrich Rebbe says, that whatever is Permissible is permissible, and whatever is forbidden, let's see if we can find a heter for it. However, Lubavitch, the way it looks at the world, whatever is forbidden is forbidden, and whatever is permissible, let's see if we can find a reason to do it. Now, what does that mean? What it means is, according to the world, there's three different possibilities. You could either do a mitzvah, which is positive. 
you can do an Avera, which is negative, or you have 80% of your day, which is neutral, neither here nor there. Along comes Hasidis, Kabbalah, and says that's really not what's going on in this world. What's going on with this world is either it's Kedusha or it's something called Sitra Achad, which means the other side. The other side means that there's not three sides, there's two sides. It's either on this side of the street or that side of the street. There's not third, not on the other, other side of the street. Once you have recognized that factor, that there's either Kedusha or not, so then you can move from there. And then you could say, okay, of the not Kedusha, there's an area that I can elevate and there's an area that I cannot elevate. But not that Klipas Noga is Kedusha in disguise. It's Klipa. However, I can elevate that Klipa. And I'm supposed to. That's what I'm supposed to be doing here in the world. I am supposed to be elevating that Klipa. That's, what I'm, that's my job here. Okay? So with that in mind, all of a sudden, we start to look at ourselves and we start to see in ourselves, okay, am I, am I gravitating in this direction or am I gravitating in that direction? Where am I going? What's, what's really happening? And by understanding that, that's how I'm able to see how to direct my life moving into the future and where I'm really holding at this person at a specific time. And also the goal. What's the goal? The goal is to make the arts filled with deya, right? Which means to change over by feeding my soul. Okay, so we have to get into it more, but that's like an introduction to what we're talking about here. Seder? Okay, so I forgot to uh, post yesterday, the classroom yesterday. Mitzvah Hashem, I'll do it today.